Good evening, and welcome to Driving Forces, our weekly show on WBAI 99.5 FM New York, where we focus on politics and policy and bring you discussions with newsmakers. I'm your host, Jeff Simmons, joined by my stellar sister from another state of mind, Celeste Katz-Marston. Celeste, how are you doing today? I'm great. Always happy to be here with you, Jeff. So obviously, so much in the news. I feel like before the show, you and I email each other a lot and text each other a lot about all the breaking news that's going on. In fact, the one that you just sent me, which I was going to get to later in the show, is actually something that I've been following very closely. It is the Mayor's Mental Health Initiative. You just brought that to my attention. The Times story, I'd seen it somewhere else. It's just, this is going to continue now that there's litigation filed. I don't know if you want to talk about that for a minute, Celeste, because I think our listeners need to be caught up on this. Yeah, and I think you were totally right to bring this up, Jeff, because this is something that people are encountering all the time. But, you know, it matters for people who are not only encountering uh, people who have or appear to be having mental uh, mental health issues on the street, but it matters for those people themselves. And that's kind of the, the crux of, of the legal arguments that are going on right now. A new court motion just filed. That's the uh, breaking news that Jeff is referring to here. But, you know, the, the idea is this is basically about involuntary commitment, taking people off the streets and keeping them uh, in hospitals, in facilities uh, until there's essentially a long term plan for their care. And look, everybody's been on the trains or on the street and you see somebody who, uh, you know, at least externally appears to not be doing well, uh, maybe uh, in a, a state of, uh, you know, mental distress, emotional distress, maybe acting uh threateningly or violently may not be, but clearly is, is not in a position where they are, uh, where they are clean, where they are acting normally, where they are uh, allowing other people to go about their business feeling safe, Jeff. And, and this is what we're talking about. Uh, a lot of people sort of going back and forth on whether the mayor is doing the right thing. Is this something that is going to make people feel safer on the streets? But also, is this going to be imposing uh, sort of an external will on people uh, who who may be in some sort of distress, as a matter of fact, but are not posing a threat to the people around them? Yeah. And in fact, there was another story that had come out today uh, that uh, the NYPD officers haven't received training or detailed guidance on how to enforce this, but NYPD brass already wants them to implement it. There's been, you know, mounting criticism in addition to this lawsuit, even the New York City Council speaker wasn't harsh criticism. It was more like a backhanded slap at the mayor by saying right now this directive is a quote idea and it doesn't really have the mayor doesn't have a quote comprehensive plan. She said yesterday when asked about this, what we see right now in the council is an idea. What we'd like to see is a plan. We have not seen that yet. Critics, as you note, Celeste, I mean, are questioning a lot of things, including how first responders are going to determine who should be hospitalized against their will, whether the police should even be on the front lines of this response, and if the city has enough psychiatric beds to accommodate the number of people who will be brought in for evaluations. Right, and and 
in this time story that we have that's just out today, and it's interesting that there was an update on that this afternoon. I don't know if you want to talk about that separately, yeah, but- Jeff, but uh, <laughs> as as you may know, if you're out there in uh, in Radio Land, uh, New York Times workers uh, walked off the job today in a job action. They've been without a contract for, I believe, something like 18 months, and so they were asking people to not read the site today. I guess I just broke that one. I I did not mean to, but uh, there, there you go. Um, asking people to not even engage in things like uh, playing the Wordle game and and things like that. But in any event, uh, there is some uh, there are some updates on the story. And one of the examples in this story uh, says here, uh, I'll just read it real quick. This one paragraph: the motion includes a statement from a plaintiff in the suit who has post traumatic stress disorder and said he was violently detained and involuntarily taken into a hospital in 2020 after someone falsely reported to 911 that he was suicidal. Uh, the man, Stephen Green, 27, stated that since the mayor's announcement, he has been afraid to leave his apartment for fear that he will be forcibly hospitalized, quote, simply for being an individual with a mental disability, Jeff. So I think I think they're trying to point out here some of the unintended consequences, perhaps, of doing this. Um, at the same time, this is uh, supposed to be targeting people. I think one of the examples given was somebody who is shadow boxing, uh, aggressively talking to essentially an invisible opponent in the street. And I think that we have all, as New Yorkers, seen something like that. And we're not sure if that's just somebody who is involved in something that's in their own head or if they are going to um, sort of extrapolate that out physically into an action against somebody who is walking nearby. And and I would add that certainly we have seen a lot of examples of people who are perhaps, um, you know, experiencing mental health issues during the pandemic. And some of those issues were directed at uh, Asian Americans, uh, older people, elderly people, vulnerable people. And that that is a real concern. I, I think that we're we're not seeing something where we're trying to overstep and harm somebody and, and violate somebody's individual liberties. But, you know, your liberties do extend to the point where they are not um, disrupting or harming somebody else, Jeff. You raise some good points. There's so much we could talk about on the show, but just want to let our listeners know what we're going to be doing uh, today, because in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by uh, a guest who last joined us when he ran for mayor of New York City, Curtis Sliwa. He also is going to, and I hope our listener Denise is listening again tonight because this was her call last week. He is going to be taking your calls in the second half of the show. We're going to carve out enough time for that. We'll be able to ask him about Mayor Adams, uh, a new initiative involving mental health, but also how he feels the mayor has been doing over this first year in office. We'll ask about his reaction to what took place in the Georgia Senate race between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Also, what this means about Donald Trump. Donald Trump has had a quite a number of little setbacks there, Celeste, since he uh, announced that he'd be seeking the presidency again. Yes, so he certainly has. And, and there was there's just another breaking story, Jeff, actually, something that just came up uh, like moments ago, which I have not had a chance to click on, but certainly lots and lots of things going on there. I think uh, if if I am not mistaken, we were just going to take one one moment here really, really quick to remind people, as our engineer Reggie Johnson said at the top of the hour, uh, this is the holiday season. It is a giving season. It is a giving season all year round here at WBAI. We always need your help to support free speech, independent community radio. Please go to WBAI.org today to pledge your support. You can give one time in any amount you choose, or you can even better, even better 
Twitter, become a BAI buddy and give a recurring donation in the name of your favorite program. Uh, it could be this program, Driving Forces. It could be that other show, City Watch, whatever it's called. I don't know. Some guy, Jeff Simmons, is, <laughs> is uh, hosting that program. Sundays, I think. Something like that. But in any event, WBAI.org is the place to go. It is very, very easy to set up a donation. Um, just click on Ways to Donate and you will be right there. We do need support to uh, to fund our tower fund to keep our signal strong and uh, healthy on the air. WBAI.org. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting this station. So I think we're going to move on to our guest who is right here, uh, champing at the bit. I am sure to talk to you and I know a lot of people will be excited to hear from him because whether you like Curtis Lewa, you don't like Curtis Lewa, Curtis Lewa is good radio. I'm sure he is a very, very familiar to everybody out there listening to many, many New Yorkers, uh, especially, you know, going back to the 1970s. Uh, and I remember Curtis Lewa being sort of a household name even then. Um, he founded, of course, the Guardian Angels to patrol the subways during a period when crime was rampant in this city. Frankly, as we were just talking about, that continues to be an issue right now in the subways and elsewhere. And that is something that we're going to be talking about on the program today. Uh, originally from Canarsie, Curtis Lee was also known to New Yorkers as a radio host, political commentator, and in general, a guy who has never shied away from speaking his mind. He ran on the Republican line for mayor last year. At that time, he called for hiring thousands of police officers, placing homeless people in psychiatric beds at hospitals, expanding the gifted program in the city's schools, overhauling the property tax system, and eliminating the killing of animals at shelters. And in the home stretch, he supported city workers who were resisting then-Mayor Bill de Blasio's vaccine mandate related to the COVID-19 pandemic. So as Mayor Adams ends the uh, the first of his uh, first year of his term in office, we wanted to find out, uh, you know, how is he doing? And we thought Curtis Lewo would be a great guy to ask. After this interview, we're going to take a short break, and then we are going to open the phone line so that you, our listeners, can call in to engage directly with Curtis. The number in a little bit, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. Hang on to that number. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's get right to it. Curtis Sliwa, welcome back to Driving Forces. Oh, my pleasure. As you mentioned, I remember talking to the both of you in the streets of Borough Park, Brooklyn, as I was campaigning. <laughs> as you saw, I I didn't win. There's no doubt about it. I'm not asking that uh, Dominion or Smartmatic be reviewed. I lost fair and square to Eric Adams. Well, it is. Uh, I'm not going to say it's nice that you lost. I, I think that the, the people have spoken and you seem to accept that. But it seems like a, a good thing to have people out there saying that we should have confidence in our uh, election system and our, our public officials. So thank you for uh, for not uh, uh, questioning that here here on the program. And uh, another person who uh, actually recently conceded an election, of course, Herschel Walker, Georgia, did not come out uh, like some other people who did not win their contests. Uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona comes to mind. Uh, you know, how do you feel about how things went down in Georgia in this in this very dramatic runoff? Well, look, I've been a never Trumper uh, long before they even uh, created the term rhino. Uh, so, I, you know, I had a love hate relationship with Donald Trump before he ran for the presidency and uh, have not supported him. But I'm not going to blame him for the loss of Herschel Walker. Urshel Walker, if you look in the waning days of the campaign, told a story 
about werewolves and vampires for about three minutes from having watched a horror show the night before that I noticed as soon as President Barack Obama came in, the waning days of the campaign on behalf of Senator uh, Warnock, he just eviscerated him on that. And remember, he only lost by one percentage point. So we're talking about what to me is a purple state. Uh, and it will remain a purple state because you have so much flight coming into Georgia from above the Mason-Dixon line. And that's really what real democracy is about, close elections where people have choice, where they, where they feel their vote counts, whereas oftentimes in other states you think it's a fait accompli. Why should I even vote? You know, it's a, well, my team is not going to win. Curtis, it's great to have you on the show, and it was also great to run into you on the subway recently. Uh, that's when I was like, we got to have you back on the show. I, you know, really want your opinion on how much you think Trump influenced this. I'm very curious about this because, I mean, he he, he expected he would be the kingmaker. He was going to be anointing Herschel Walker, but it imploded. And obviously, lots of flaws with the candidate. But what does this say about Trump's influence and also his future? Well, there's, it's a cult of personality. Uh, there's no reality. And at first, people liked it because it was different. He was uh, a typical New Yorker, sarcastic, casting aspersions. People love that because too often our candidates running for office, they keep everything too close to the vest. And he was entertaining. But then after a while, you know, it wears off. And then I wanted to put Chinese finger cuffs on him when he had that Twitter account as president. Morning, noon, and night, the guy was creating Michigash, and I said I'd had it. You know, I'm no fan of Joe Biden. I wasn't a fan of Hillary Rodham Clinton. I voted independent both times. But uh, Donald Trump would never allow one day to go by in which there was peace and quiet. He always had to be the peacock. He had to stir it up in order to get attention. And you can't have a president of the United States who's like that. Too many difficult issues we're dealing with. And it was all a cult of personality. It continues to be a cult of personality. He's got a very good chance of winning the Republican primary because a lot of different candidates may jump in. And this may be like, uh, I, I hearken you back to 1978, two years into the Jimmy Carter administration, in which they were blaming, Republicans were blaming Ronald Reagan. You know, uh, they considered him like Goldwater. They considered him a John Bircher, that he had lost a lot of the uh, congressional races. He was supporting candidates in Senate races because Carter held on to the majority in both houses. But look, then you had Bush 41. You had Lil Weicker jump in. You had Bob Dole jump in. Uh, and you had a number of other candidates. And there were so many, quote-unquote, moderate Republicans then Ronald Reagan just uh, rushed right to the nomination, which may well happen with Donald Trump if there are too many Republican candidates who jump in. We're talking to Curtis Sliwa, founder of the Guardian Angels, political commentator, uh, former candidate for uh, mayor of the city of New York. This is Driving Forces on WBAI. Curtis, got to ask you, uh, you said you're not a huge fan of Joe Biden. OK, I mean, I'm curious to know. Well, first of all, do you think he should run again? Does he have to run again? Is there anybody else who could run again? You know, if it's not Biden, who is it? Who is the future of the Democratic Party? Celeste, uh, I believe both sides, out with the old, in with the new. Uh, baby, I'm a baby boomer, too, just like Biden, just like Trump. It's time for a new generation. There are a number of qualified men and women on the Democratic side, the Republican side. We need 
a different composition. We need a different discussion about issues, not personalities. Joe Biden is limited as the president. We have seen him uh, stumble and fumble at times. That can only get worse. I can't imagine that getting better. And we know the problems with uh, Donald Trump. So I am of the opinion, out with the old, in with the new, give a lot of the younger candidates an opportunity to get out there and be tested in primaries. I see that the Democrats want South Carolina to be the first primary for them. No problem. Uh, the Republicans, they want uh, Iowa. They want New Hampshire. No problem. Let's just get them out there because how many times before, both of you know this well, we had candidates like right now it's DeSantis. He can do no wrong, you know, from Florida. He's never been tested. Let him get out there on the stump. Let them be tested. And let's see if they can stand up to a lot of introspection, a lot of cross-examination, and a lot of uh, what will solely be like capitulating to certain lobbying groups, like in Iowa. Oh, I drink ethanol. I drink ethanol. I eat pork. You know, it's like even John McCain said, enough of that. I'm not, I'm not going to be patronizing people just to vote for me. But they gotta they got to go through the process. And I think it will be good for all Americans to see new faces and new energy. And Curtis Slewa, we have a million things that we could ask you about, and we're going to get to a whole bunch of them. But I really want to uh, jump back to what Jeff and I were talking about uh, on the program here just before you came on the air, which is this uh, this controversy over Mayor Eric Adams and his push to have more uh, involuntarily. Uh, more involuntary, I should say, hospitalization and uh, detention, essentially, of people who appear to be experiencing mental health problems, people who uh, are not necessarily overtly threatening to people around them, but may have issues with basic self-care, with hygiene, with uh, with food, with, with lots of things. You had a lot to say about this, and you have a lot of experience about this through the Guardian Angels. Uh, you know, what do you think about the controversy uh, about whether or not this is okay the problem with eric adams is he pivots and shifts all the time whether you're a supporter an adversary or you just look at him based on uh day-to-day his press conferences i get vertigo from the guy he announces this major change in the way we're going to be dealing with the emotionally disturbed and homeless people never informs the police takes off for an anti-Semitism conference, uh, you know, condemning it in Athens, spends three days in Qatar, comes back, it's like, whoa, 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 guy. You're the mayor of the city of New York. You have just announced an initiative that's going to cause a lot of people uh, a lot of grief. There's a lot of questions. You know they're going to be lawsuits. I can only speak with my boots on the ground. He was wrong to take away the encampments. He was wrong. And a lot of people said, Curtis, what do you mean he was wrong? Because I've been in the shelters. I've been in the shelters for men and women and children, and I've been in the specialized MICA shelters. These are for the emotionally disturbed. They are horror houses. Many of them have been outsourced to nonprofits. And when you go inside, you can understand why a homeless person or a person with a lot of problems that deal with uh, control of their mental or physical faculties or drug use or alcohol use would not want to stay there. I can tell you, having been in many of them, first thing, I'd, I'd rather ride a subway all night. 
Well, just to stay on that for a minute, Curtis, stay on that for um, since you bring that up. Tell us, what did you see that would make people say, look, the streets are better than this? Uh, Say that again. So let's please. Yeah, you know, when when you say that you can understand why people would rather be on the street than be in one of these shelters, based on what you saw personally, what did you see? Tell people what you saw. It's Darwinian in the shelters. So the younger you are, you basically take control because there are no controls. And the ones who suffer are the elderly homeless, the ones who uh, have serious issues in terms of being emotionally despondent, uh, who are in need of some kind of pharmaceutical product to get control uh, of the the, the, uh, the demons that constantly they have to battle with it. We're not even aware of. And I've seen the staff. I've seen the people inside. They're afraid to do anything. And the mayor really needs to spend a lot more time going to shelters overnight than Club Zero Bond, where he likes to raise the roof. You know, whatever goes on in Club Zero Bond stays in Club Zero Bond. That's not why he was elected mayor. Get into the shelters, take some corrective uh, action, and if you create a better shelter system, more men, more women, more or children will want to stay. Right now, if given the opportunity to flee, they flee. Uh, they don't want to go back to a shelter. And I, I got to tell you, I can't blame them. I really can't blame them. So, Curtis, this is just one of his controversies over this first year in office. When you look at this first year as he, you know, gets ready to conclude this, this period, what, how would you characterize his, his tenure so far as mayor? You know, what do you see as his biggest accomplishments? What do you see as his biggest setbacks? Well, I think he's epitomized by the, uh, the rap by public enemy Chuck D and Flavor Flav. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype, because that's all we've been given. Hype, hype, hype. Where are the programs? Where are the plans? All we hear of are press conferences every day. He's the king of press conferences. But where is your delivery? Where where are the people actually implementing these programs? So whether it's dealing with the emotionally disturbed, the homeless, dealing with police, it's sort of like either feast or famine. And the reality is we're running into a a fiscal crunch this new year, 2023. There's no more stimulus money. The state is going to be in debt. The city is going to be in debt. I noticed the mayor is announcing, uh, it's as if he's Santa Claus, uh, right before uh, the start of the new year, all these new programs with no source of funding. Just be honest with the people. And stop with these uh, $5,000 customized suits every day. You know, an average guy or cow cannot relate to that. First thing in their mind is, where's he getting the money for these suits? Just try to be an average guy like you used to be, Eric. Try not to be somebody who's up in the suites. Try to act like you're down in the the streets. I don't get that sense of him anymore. I really don't. We're talking to Curtis Liu, a founder of the Guardian Angels, former candidate for mayor of the city of New York, political commentator. This is Driving Forces on WBAI. So, Curtis, you, you seem to have a couple of criticisms, a couple of marginal quibbles with Eric Adams. You thinking about running against him again or what? Well, we'll see. We'll see how things play out. You know, unfortunately, I'm in a situation. I'm on a commercial radio station. If I even suggest that I'm going to run. You know what happens. They take me right off the airwaves. Uh, and then, remember, I've got to earn income. I have child support. I have exes i got to take care of. I have the kind, the kind of problems that average everyday people have. 
but I'm certainly considering it. Uh, I am very concerned that there are there are now beginning. You can almost read the tea leaves politically. Uh, Eric Adams is at a 29% approval rating, which is dismal. I notice he's moving more to the middle, trying to get many of the people who originally did not vote for him, uh, Asian Americans, white ethnics. So he's taking positions that might be favorable to them, and I've noticed some Republicans are actually uh, converting and becoming Eric Adams Republicans because they want to hold off the progressives and those on the left of the Democratic Party. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you afraid of? Primaries. I support primaries. I support ranked choice voting. I want more candidates. I want more debates. I don't want to insulate this guy. It looks like he's moving towards trying to become a fusion candidate. And I say, no, no, no. More is better than less. I want more candidates, more debates, more free speech, and then let the people make the best uh, decision. They, they obviously thought that Eric Adams would be a better mayor than me. I live with that. But I trust people. I don't trust politicians. I never have, and I never will. So, Curtis, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Then we're going to have to take a break for a few minutes. We do want you to stay with us. If you need to just get a drink of water or something, you've got a few minutes before we open up the phone lines. Quick question, though. Um, you know, you're not announcing or anything like that, but are you still registered as a Republican? Did you switch your party affiliation? Well, there are so many Republicans who want to uh, oust me, excommunicate me. If the Tower of London was uh, in operation, they'd have chopped my head off. Yeah, I'm still a registered Republican at this uh, point. But everybody looks at me, you rhino. You rhino. And I say, hey, you know, you go into the jungle at the watering hole. When the rhino comes to drink, everybody gets out of the rhino's way because the rhino is a very fierce animal. So, Hey, if you think I'm a rhino, so be it. I'm proud to be a rhino. Curtis, stay with us. We're going to come back to you in just a little while. You can get a drink of water. We'll be right back with you. Folks, if you're, you've tuned in, you're listening to Driving Forces on WBAI 99.5 FM. I'm your host, Jeff Simmons, joined as always by my amazing host, Celeste Katz-Marston. And we're talking with Curtis Sliwa, who's going to take your calls in just a few minutes. If you didn't get the number before, let me give you that number, but don't call yet. 212-209-2877. Once again, that's 212-209-2877. Before we take a very brief break, we do want to come back to a topic that Reggie talked about, that Celeste talked about earlier in the show, because it is very important. It is about keeping us on the air. WBAI has been broadcasting for more than six decades, and we do want to be around for another six decades or more. What do you tune into here on this uh, on this station? News, music, my friend David Rothenberg or Mimi Rosenberg or Leonard Lopate. You likely have a good reason. You're either in the car. You want something smart to listen to like WBAI or you want some insight. You hate a ton of commercials or you just want to support commercial free free speech radio. To those of you who have supported us recently or consistently throughout the years, thank you very much. I have been part of the WBAI family for four or five years now. And before that, you know, certainly knew about the station, knew some of the reporters would run into them at City Hall press conferences and so on. The diversity of the programming is great. A lot of the hosts, including Jeff and me, are volunteers. So that means something to me, too. These are people who are giving their time to the station because we believe in independent free speech radio for real New Yorkers. It's 
it's not just people who want to hear themselves on the radio. You know, you could do that a lot of places. WBAI is a different kind of station. People who work at the station are making a conscious choice to support a different kind of radio programming in the city of New York, which brings us, of course, to the big topic. We just learned that for the fiscal year that ended on June 30th of this year, we had a major deficit. A big portion of the expenses that created this is not something that we have control over, but it's something that we're locked into, at least for now, and that is the rent that we have to pay to be able to broadcast our signal from the top of four Times Square. That is $17,000 every month. Imagine being responsible for a bill of $17,000 a month. We need your help to pay that rent. We need your help to keep our offices open at 388 Atlantic Avenue. So right now, we need to make a dent in that debt. Our tower rent, again, $17,000 a month. Our other sister stations in this network are paying a much, much smaller amount. This is a big hill that we have to climb. So we are right now in giving season, the final weeks of the calendar year. WBAI has launched a fundraising campaign to raise $250,000. That's so we can pay these bills up front for the coming year, put this worry behind us in 2023, and just continue to bring you great radio. So we all make resolutions at the end of the year, or at least we think about doing that. So how about we all resolve this year to help WBAI get our financial house in order, start 2023 solid. To do that, we need your help. And remember, we are a 501c3 nonprofit, which means your gift is tax deductible. So go to WBAI.org, click for click for ways to donate. Every dollar you give contributes to our ability to keep this station going and to keep bringing you these important, timely conversations about politics, policy, government, arts, culture, and so much more. And remember, you can donate any amount. And if you become a BAI buddy like I am, you give a sustaining contribution. It goes on every month on my credit card. Most people give 15 or $20. It's very easy to set this up. So go to WBAI.org or give us a call at 212-209-2950. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Driving Forces on WBAI, New York 99.5 FM, also streaming live at WBAI.org. We are going to take your calls in just a few minutes, so make sure you have this number. You can even start calling as soon as you hear the brief musical break, 212-209-2877. Once again, that number is 212-209-2877. And when we come back, Curtis Lewa will be back on the line with us still, so Come armed with some questions and thoughts about Mayor Adams' first year in office. Was it a success? With that, we're going to take a brief break and leave you with a little blondies hanging on the telephone. I'm in the bumble.
Bondi here on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston here with Jeff Simmons and with Curtis Sliwa. He's going to be taking your calls, so jump in. If you've been hanging on the telephone, hang on. We are about to come to you. 212-209-2877. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. We are going to go right to our first caller, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? Okay, we are going to go to the next caller. I think uh, we're having a little. People are so excited to talk to Curtis Lee with it. The phones, are, <laughs> the phones are blowing up. Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. We're going to go to our next call. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? Hi, this is Ben in Brooklyn. What's on your mind, Ben? You got a question for Curtis Lee? I sure do. So Curtis mentioned he thought there were a couple young guns in the Democratic and Republicans that should give it a run for president. Of course, some of the ones that I can think of now have already run. Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris. I was wondering who Curtis was thinking of uh, as a presidential candidate. And, and my, my second question was uh, about local voting, how they're proposing uh, something called Final Five voting here in the city. I wanted to know what his take was on that was. Thanks. Just like I've been a supporter of ranked choice voting when I was the uh, chairman of the New York State Reform Party. But remember, it was Andrew Cuomo who wiped out the third parties because he tried to take out the Working Families Party. Guess what? He failed to do that, but he wiped out a lot of other third parties. And I'm also, uh, final five, absolutely. The more different opportunities you have to see and hear candidates and they also have an opportunity to run and have their platforms heard and studied by the people. I'm all for it. Uh, I would have no problem, obviously, Vice President Harris running, uh, Pete Buttigieg, the, the uh, Secretary of Transportation running, and some of the other young guns, as he called them. They're not my cup of tea, uh, but I liked hearing what they had to say initially in the primary. My wife, just to give you an example, uh, supported Bernie Sanders, both uh, originally uh, versus Hillary, and then again in the uh, last primaries when he lost out to, to Joe Biden. So we've got a household divided here. What we believe in is we want more speech, more debate, more candidates, and I welcome them all. And if you just tuned in to Driving Forces here on WBAI, give us a call. Curtis Lee was taking your calls, 212-209-2877. We're going to get to the next call. Welcome to WBAI. You are on the air. What's your name and where are you from? How you doing? My name is Omar. I'm from- Hi, Omar. What, what question do you have for Curtis? Um, basically, I grew up with the guardian angels on my childhood. Remember this? Remember him from back in the days and everything? Amazing to see what he's turned into as far as, you know, running for mayor and stuff. I never thought I would have seen that. I'm registered independent as well, just like him, how he said before prior to him switching on to the Republican card. I felt the same thing that he said to Eric. As far as everything that he said to Eric Adams, I agree. Because I was on Eric Adams' team with regard to everything that he was all about prior to him coming into politics. Now I'm seeing a flip, and I'm like, wow, what happened? So here's my question to Curtis. What policies do you have on deck, if in the event you were to, because I know you said you were considering it, but if you were to run, what policies would you be bringing to the table? Forget about all of the back and forth and the name calling and, you know, when y'all get on that debate thing, it's all about pumping the chest up. And I don't care about all that. What is the policy that you are going to bring to the table so that me as a descendant of slaves 
I need to hear something that's going to strike a chord for me to pull that level. They'd be like, Yo, you know what? I'm not with that party, but what Sweebo was talking about talks to the issues as far as what I need done. And I'll take my answer off of air. Yeah, thanks, Omar. So, me, Curtis, uh, what, what do you think? You, it starts at the top, and it's what I said all during the campaign. I never had one supporter, any cryptocurrency Ponzi schemer, no hedge fund monsters, nobody, none of the big banks that were too big to fail. Our problems are amongst these monsters of mayhem on Wall Street, these big heavy rollers, they all ended up going in the direction of Eric Adams, and they made deals. And that's what they do. When all of a sudden Eric Adams uh, appeared at the Fortune Society after our debate, our last debate on Channel 7, and he was introducing Michael Bloomberg, the same Michael Bloomberg he condemned, and rightfully so, for all the stops and frisks uh, during his uh, especially last four years, he said the following about Michael Bloomberg. Oh, Michael Bloomberg is like Jesus Christ walking across the Sea of Galilee. That told me everything about Eric Adams. Oh, my first call when I was elected mayor was from the chairman of Chase Manhattan Bank, Jamie Dimon. Those are the last people I want to talk to because they're up in the suites. Everything is about them. We've got to start doing things for the average people down in the streets. Something that Eric Adams said... But let's face it, he hasn't done something that I live each and every day. Whether you like my politics or not, I'm in the subways, I'm in the streets, I'm with real peeps. He's with the elite. And the so, elite Curtis, let, no me, let me jump in here and be that guy. So Omar, our caller, Omar said he's over the name calling, he's over the political affiliations, he just wants to know a thing that you would do if you ran again. Oh, simple thing. You start yeah. with the basics. Sanitation, right? Get the garbage off the streets and the rats will go away. Get the graffiti off the buildings because that immediately impairs a person. And no-kill shelters. Uh, I am a believer, like Mahatma Gandhi, a society that does not treat its animals well will not treat its people well. It, it's, it's evidence every day. No-kill shelters. We're not going to kill another animal at taxpayers' expense any longer if I had ever been elected mayor. And Curtis, I'm going to jump in here on something a little related, a piece of legislation I actually wanted to ask you about on the show. So I'm glad that you just mentioned that. We've talked with Linda Rosenthal, the state assembly member, about her bill banning pet stores from selling animals from puppy mills. It's on the governor's desk. What do you think the future of this is? Do you support this? Well, shame on Governor Hochul. She should have taken a position on this before the election. It would not have swayed the election to Zeldin. But she should have dealt with it before the election. I've been in puppy mills. Uh, I've gone to puppy mills with my wife, Nancy. I've seen the horrid conditions. It needs to be eliminated. The legislation was passed. Obviously, people were in agreement. It's time for Governor Hochul to sign it and do the right thing. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. This is Driving Forces. Curtis Sliwa, founder of the Guardian Angels, former candidate for mayor of the city of New York, political commentator, here to take your calls today. 212-209-2877. Going back to the phones. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're calling from? Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Greg, calling from a place called Hewitt, New Jersey. What's up? Uh, well, Hewitt is uh, 125 years ago was named after a gentleman who was a great mayor of New York City, which everybody should look up, 
kind of along the lines of Franklin Roosevelt. Curtis, I have to say, over the years, I followed you a little bit, but my several of my friends, and we're all former and still Bernie supporters, voted for you for mayor. And I said, no, you didn't. And they said, listen to what Curtis actually says and what he hopes to do. My brother, all I can say is continue doing it. Now, something you mentioned, I think, a while back. Now, we all consider the Rust Belt to be, you know, Ohio, Pennsylvania, the, the Midwest. The most horrid places I've seen in the Rust Belt aren't out there. They're in upstate New York, Binghamton, Schenectady, Syracuse, Buffalo, up in the Catskills. If I'm not mistaken, my brother, you mentioned an idea of a trade thing where, where young people from New York would be trained for skills to, to potentially rebuild some of those places in the summer. Am I mistaken? That is correct. Uh, we used to have Job Corps for those uh, young men and women who had failed high school. Many of them could not handle an academic course, so they'd send them to Job Corps, and they'd learn skills. In this case, it wouldn't be just to learn a negotiable skill and return to where you were living, but to help these cities that are in desperate need. And we could do a lot of outsourcing and give a lot of young men and young women hope in, in developing a trade, a craft that they will carry with them until the ends of time. Uh, the academic education, I understand it, but it's the focus of charter schools, parochial schools, public schools. We need more vocational training. We need Job Corps again. There's a whole area that these young men and women could go to to basically help rebuild cities that are in, in disrepair. Well, if I may before... Uh... You're not you're not a rhino, sir. You're talking like Franklin Roosevelt. Thank you. And I can say uh, our shared heritage, we're slowly shriat. It's a little early, but that's Merry Christmas. Yeah, well, consider me more like Huey Long. More like Huey Long. <laughs> Except without the <laughs> fact that he was a totalitarian dictator down in Louisiana. But I share many of the views that he had that really reached out to poor people, poor and impoverished people. And he actually forced FDR to go left because he threatened to run against FDR in a Democratic primary. Well, thanks for giving us a call. We're going to get to our next call. We've got about, say, four or five minutes left that we want to get in as many as possible. Let's get to the next call. Welcome to WBAI. You are on the air. What is your name and what's on your mind? What questions do you have for Curtis? Let's get to the next All right, caller, just make sure your radio is down and listen to the phone, please. Hi, you are on the air. What's your name and what's your question for Curtis? Okay. Um, hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, when I get into my question, I just want to say that, you know, I, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I'm almost at the point where I could uh, vote for Curtis Lee, but not quite yet. Um, one piece of advice, drop the Republican and become an independent. You'd have a better shot. Second, uh, my second comment is this. I want to address crime. You are a registered Republican, and they are so schizophrenic, and, you know, concerning Adams right now, along with every mayor in the United States, how could you possibly be behind the Republican insignia with their policies on guns, which not only every mayor, but every police chief in this country is complaining about and yelling about? And crying to the federal government to get some help to get these guns that are washing through our cities. How could you possibly attach yourself to those Republican policies on guns? And don't give me this 
guns don't kill people. Guns kill a lot of people. Uh, well, first off, I've always been gun control. I was shot five times with hollow point bullets. Given an opportunity to carry, have a carry permit for my own protection, I rejected it. I don't believe in guns, and I've been very, very clear on that. And there are some Republicans, a few, who think like I do. I've been in favor of gay marriage when uh, Democrats like Schumer and Hillary and Bill were in favor of the Defense of Marriage Act. Defense of Marriage Act against it. And I, I conducted a, a gay marriage in the basement of a public housing project in Soundview in 1976. So don't think of me uh, in a Trump-like way or the way the rest of the Republicans are. There is room in parties for difference of opinions. We see that in the Democratic Party, severe differences. And it does exist in the Republican parties. But if you leave, then everybody's the same. you got to fight for what you think is right. I'm more than happy to fight Republicans and fight for what I believe. And being an independent, I already was. I was the chairman of the New York State Reform Party. And Cuomo, in his vindictiveness, wiped out all, almost all the independent party. New York State was a bastion of third parties. And he single-handedly went out to destroy them because he wanted to destroy the Working Families Party, which has a right to exist. I disagree with them. But I want more parties, not less parties. Hey, thanks for your calls. I think we're going to try to get to a couple more calls. Our, our time is growing short. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. We have another caller waiting. WBAI, you are on the air. What is your name and where are you calling from? Is this me? That's you. Salim from Queens. Uh, real What's quick. your question for Curtis Lewa today? Many years ago, I debated several <clears throat> angels outside of a courthouse in Manhattan because they were picketing and had placards saying adult crime for adult time against the, uh, the uh, Central Park 6. And information came out that proved that they were innocent of those crimes. Uh, Curtis wasn't there that day. I didn't see him that day, but Lisa was there. I'm just curious, though, if the organization has ever done anything to speak to the fact that they went out sort of on a limb trying to condemn people for something that they ended up being innocent of. You're absolutely correct. When the information came in that the guy responsible who admitted he had done it and they matched the DNA against the Central Park jogger, it was him and none of the others. I, I personally apologize a number of times on behalf of the position that we took. Unlike Donald Trump, as you know, who advocated the death penalty for that, he never apologized. Look, I've made many mistakes in my life. I spent my whole life apologizing for mistakes I've made. And that was a big one. That was an absolute big one. Absolutely. Uh, very interesting to, uh, to talk about this, uh, with you, Curtis Lewa. I think that we are, we're gonna, uh, wind it up pretty soon. We've been able to take a lot of calls here at WBAI. Always, as I said, whether you agree with Curtis Lewa, don't agree with Curtis Lewa, always makes for interesting radio. I think we have time for one more call real quick. We're gonna go right to the phones. WBAI, you are on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Bill. I'm in Manhattan right now. Great, Bill. What is your question for Curtis Lewa? Okay, well, um, I'd like to ask Curtis what he thinks about the current policy of the current mayor, Mayor Adams, 
who's trying something that was tried more than 30 years ago by his predecessor, Ed Koch, also a Democrat, about uh, taking people off the streets involuntarily. I mean, there was a notorious case, I think our name was Billy Boggs, who preferred to sit in the middle of a traffic island next to Bellevue Hospital rather than to be taken in. Now, uh, as we all probably know, uh, shelters are uh, just a, a cesspool of problems, you know, many creating more problems than they're solving. And uh, I worked uh, for, for over five years making referrals for crime victims. I was part of Morgan Morgenthau's office. And to a person, nobody would want to go into a shelter then. It was, so, it was such hotbeds of, of pollution and crime and degradation. Uh, what do you think about the idea of maybe uh, having those people uh, maybe put into sweat equity and s- solving this chronic housing shortage in the whole city? I don't know what, what the answer is, frankly. There's no magic bullet, but I'd like to have some of your thoughts on that. Thank you. Well, number one, I remember the case of Billy Boggs. The only time that Ed Koch got upset because she would be out uh, near Gracie Mansion each day ranting and just screaming at times. He saw her burning a $5 bill, and he said, oh, if you burn American money, $5 bill, you must be crazy, and sent her for a psychiatric review in uh, Bellevue. That was wrong. Uh, he had passed her how many times before he did nothing? Then Norman Siegel jumped in, and all of a sudden he was taking her around all over the country and had her on parade in which he had some serious issues to deal with, which were never dealt with. We have to stop being extreme one way or the other. These people are in desperate need of help. I saw the mayor the other night went to a birthday party for Governor Cuomo, former Governor Cuomo. Guess what? When he came into office, there were 30,000 psychiatric beds. When he left office, there were 3,000. Let's look at how we used to deal with those who had emotional issues and what we're doing now, which is nothing. We need the beds. We need the personnel. And we need to go behind the walls. We need to do exposés like was done in Willowbrook. You would be shocked to see what goes on in our psychiatric facilities because nobody reports on it. They won't let anybody behind those walls. We're taxpayers. We have a right to know what they're doing to these people who are just like you and me. And we're going to have to wrap this segment up in just about 30 seconds or so. Curtis, I'm going to end on a very simple softball question. I know that, but because in the last few hours, people have emailed me and asked, how are Curtis's cats? Because obviously one of your cats was in your ads that got a lot of attention. Give us, give our listeners who might have followed your campaign and our animal lovers an update on the status of your cats. Oh, we, we swap in and out cats that my wife Nancy rescues from the shelter because they will be euthanized at some point. So we have 18 rescue cats. But I'd like to do, in memory of a talk show host that was with me at WABC and broadcast at WBAI, uh, Lynn Samuels. We were like two scorpions in a brandy glass. And Lenny Lopate, who's with you now, who was like opposed to me being at WNYC for a few months. A great broadcasters. I'm donating $100 in both of them. Both for both of them, because we've got to keep great talk radio alive. And WBAI has been doing that ever since I was a kid listening in Canarsie, Brooklyn. Curtis Slewitt, thanks again for joining us here on Driving Forces. Great of you to give us this time to take calls, to speak honestly about what's going on in the city with your political future, with your cats. Definitely appreciate it. We'll be glad to have you back on the show to do the same in the new year. And remember, free speech forever. 
You you don't like hate speech? The antidote is more free speech, and that's what WBAI gives us. Thank you so much, Curtis Sliwa, Guardian Angels founder, former candidate for mayor of the city of New York, political commentator, man about town. A pleasure to have you here on WBAI. And that is going to be almost our program today. A very, very quick reminder is that we will have Curtis Lewa back in the new year. If we are able to stay on the air, a reminder again, please take a moment today. Go to WBAI.org and give as generously as you can to support the Tower Fund. Help us pay the rent on our signal. Help us keep our our staff and our programming strong in the new year. WBAI.org only takes a minute to give a one-time donation or even better, Become a BAI buddy and give every month. So, uh, folks, this is going to be my last episode of the calendar year. I'm going to take a few weeks off and be back with you in early 2023. But I do want to tease this coming Sunday's City Watch, hosted by David Brand, my colleague. He's going to have representatives on from the new investment in our New York coalition. Uh, the representatives will talk about uh, let's see. They want to raise taxes on the rich. And also he'll be joined by Sarah Lind of the organization Open Plans. I want to thank all of our amazing listeners. I want to thank Curtis Sliwa for all of his time today. I also, as I get ready to step off the show for the final few weeks, want to thank the amazing, stellar, invigorating, exciting, effervescent, not enough adjectives, Celeste Katz-Marston for being such a wonderful co-host, and of course, Reggie Johnson for also reminding listeners not only about the fact that we need your support, but also when they need to turn off the darn radio when they call in the show. So Reggie, thanks again for that. Celeste, Thanks again. I want to let you close the show out today and I'll be back with you uh, in a few more weeks. I know you have some great, great programs lined up about Rikers Island, about so many of the things we love to talk about here on WBAI in the new year. It'll be tough to uh, hold down the fort without you, but I will do my level best over the next few weeks. Uh, In the meantime, if you missed any part of this show, you can subscribe on Apple, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks again for making WBAI a part of your day, a part of your life. And for those of you who have stepped up to support us financially, thank you. Thank you again. We will be here in the next few weeks and, of course, all throughout the new year. Until then, see you on the radio. 